Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Hello and welcome. I am joined today with Dr. Francis Yu, who is a physician, author, and physician coach whose private practice is focused on osteopathy, acupuncture, and lifestyle medicine, and non-clinical interests include self-awareness and self-discovery for personal development. Thanks so much for being here, Francis. How are you? Thank you for having me. I feel awesome being with you here right now. Great. Well, tell me what you want to talk about when it comes to imposter syndrome. Oh boy, yeah, definitely <laughs> we can talk about this for a while, right? I would say the main thing about imposter syndrome is that it's this persona of ourselves and this identity we believe about ourselves that we built up over, you know, at least 20, 30, you know, whoever's listening, 40, 50, 60 mm-hmm. plus years. And it's, there's some conditioning, right, from school, you have to pass that this is the landmark, this is the milestone, or you go to medical school, you have to get this grade, you have to be like this, you have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And especially for physicians, um, but anyone really, it's that there is a certain identity I have, the story about me that I have, this internal drama Mm -hmm. of who I believe I am. And after doing that for so long, it's, it's, it becomes ingrained on who you think you are and you almost have to become someone else or believe that you're more than you thought that you were based on from what everyone else told you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just actually talking to someone about this today and it's a really good concept but about how I lost myself so much during residency. And I think that happens for so many of us because we have no time or we, we have no, there's no perceived time for anything outside of medicine. Yeah. And it it may be better if in school, in residency, there was some sort of program or a didactic saying you are more than a doctor. I mean, Mm -hmm. you are a doctor, but if you let it encapsulate your whole life, uh, it's you lose yourself that's not the doctor right yeah your your mother parent the child uh someone who likes star wars Mm -hmm. you know you if you you don't lose those things it just becomes crowded out by this physicianness it's like going to a uh, grocery store and you introduce yourself someone random hey what's your name oh i'm dr you Mm -hmm. or go to a uh music concert and it's like a country concert, country music concert. Hey, what's your name, Dr. Yu? It's just out of place. Uh, and most people wouldn't do that, I think. But it's, it's, yeah, definitely if we were taught to realize, yeah, medicine takes up a big chunk of your time, but it shouldn't take up your soul, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I think that's, it cult, that training cultivates imposter syndrome. And I, I think you're right where if in training we were told like you can be a doctor and dot, 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 then that imposter syndrome wouldn't have such a glaring hold on our future. Have you ever um, had, you know, thoughts of imposter syndrome or struggled with that at all during your career? 
I would say more than my career, uh, most of my most of my life, really, mm-hmm. because after a lot of self discovery, introspection, I discovered that even anything that I do, even things that I've done hundred thousand times, backing up in my car, you know, I've done it so many times, but sometimes I get this flash of, I can't do this. What if I screw up? And so it's not even just new things. For me, it's, there's this tension between what I can do and has, has to do with my personality, and I, I've discovered this. So it's, it's followed me all the way throughout, and I've hidden from, I've, I, have, I didn't realize it, but I hid from that by just following what everyone else said. Mm-hmm. Uh, senior resident says, get this done. Okay, I can do that. The attending physician gets this done. I can do that. Uh, but once you graduate from residency, right, or you're doing something, there's no do this by this day and mm-hmm. follow up with me to this. Suddenly, oh, I have to choose. Then it's, oh, wait, who do I report to? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, I mean, there are some people who has people telling them what to do with their entire life. But at some point, it's, oh, I, I, uh, I can choose. I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's. Oh, okay, I'm going to try something new. But then there's no, oh, wait, my entire life, I just followed other people. My professor said this. My attending said this. My parents said this. And then suddenly I want to try to be on my own. Uh, I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Was it because of that fear of failure or just uncertainty about yourself or kind of a combination? Yeah, I would say... Uh, this is kind of going into one of the, you know, the personality things I, I study yeah. is that my type that I identify with is that there's this persistent belief of incompetence mm-hmm. that I just don't know enough to do something. So I've prepared up the wazoo and you read my bio and mm-hmm. certified at multiple specialties take courses and read books up the wazoo. Yeah. And someone might say, oh, it's because you like to learn. You're so studious. I-, I guess that's there. Part of it is I just don't think I know enough. Mm-hmm. So I have to learn more, prepare more, and read about the world instead of living it. But as one of my favorite philosophers says, you, can, you have to understand life. You can understand life backwards, but to live it forwards, like Soren mm-hmm. Kierkegaard said. And you can't, if you knew what the future was, what was going to happen in the future, then uh, that's a different story, but we don't. Right. That's such a common theme in imposter syndrome too, is this fear of, con- this constant fear of incompetence. So what have you done that has helped you to combat that? Yeah. So the main thing was just being aware of why I was doing something. Mm-hmm. Why did I buy another book? Why did I not go on this blind date? Or why did I buy this course? Or why mm-hmm. am I looking for another certification? And if I catch myself in the right time and place, I realize, oh, I'm doing that again. Mm-hmm. It's just this, this circuit that happens all the time. I just catch myself. So that is, I think, one of the best ways, just being self-aware, uh, self-observant, and which is, uh, um, people talk about that a lot in emotional intelligence, why that's so important. Yeah. And that's part of that. It's, oh, I'm feeling this way. 
honestly, a lot of people don't even know what they're feeling, or I, that's me at least. So knowing that, oh, I'm actually thinking these thoughts. I'm actually feeling this because uh, one of the best mechanisms is just to say, oh, I'm actually not feeling those thoughts. I'm not thinking those thoughts. It's, it's something else. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm okay, even, even though, you know, something else is going on. So the self-awareness is definitely uh, number one. Yeah. And that's really what helped me overcome imposter syndrome at the, at the very core was just listening to the thoughts that I was having, which I didn't do for the first 30 something years of my life. You know, I just thought I didn't even know that I could listen to my own thoughts really. So that is really, it's important to do that because when you finally start listening to your own thoughts, if you're anything like me, you realize that half the things you say to yourself are really negative and not true. (laughs) Uh, And certainly um, causes us to feel like imposters. You know, when we go through medical school and residency and we learn so much and so many of us feel like we still don't know enough unless we know everything, which is impossible. Yeah, exactly. And that reminds me of uh, my intern, my first intern, rotation was night float right so the nurse says oh this patient needs that prn haldol dose uh, whatever that they had ordered what's oh how does haldol work what's the dosage mm-hmm. and it was just and after doing it it's like oh that wasn't as scary as i thought in hindsight mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh it's that projecting of what could be and oh if that in that scenario, this will happen, this will be bad. And it's this, you're making this drama again in your, your story that you want to believe about yourself. Yeah. The stories about ourselves. I think that is um, something that when we realize we have the power to change it, it like opens up a whole new world and future. Um, that's been really fun for me to kind of get to write my story every day and decide what I, what I want to, where I want to go. Yeah. So how did you make a transition from, physician to all the other things that you do with the with the writing and the coaching yeah. uh there's two parts to that story okay so i've always been into philosophy and that was my major in undergrad with uh, mathematics personality i've always been the philosophical poetic kind of metaphoric kind of type mm-hmm. and i've always learned those things throughout since i was 17 medical school residency is always something I've been interested in so the other part of it was after residency I worked for five years in corporate industrial medicine whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it I was you know working full-time seeing patients but also doing administrative work for GME Uh, I signed up to be the vice chair for the family medicine department I was starting up a new clinic spot without adding on basically without getting paid for it. I just volunteered for that. I signed up for a um, work floor projects at work. And I I mean, I enjoy doing it, but I realized 20, 30, 40 years, am I going to say, oh, I did this because I wanted to be the DIO of a, you know, ACGME hospital Mm -hmm. or the, CMO of a hospital, or do I want to be a QI expert or something? And I thought, mm-hmm. uh, not really. You know, if I keep doing this, that's the road I'm going. So mm-hmm. uh, I just said, and all this other stuff I know that I want to share, that's, there's no room for that. Mm-hmm. So I said, 
let's let's just change it up because otherwise I'm just going to live the next one, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years of my life doing stuff that's kind of interesting, but not really what's you know my thing. You know, yeah. So once I married my thing with my what I wanted to do in terms of a career professionally, I just dove in. I don't have all the answers on how to get it done, but uh, uh, it's just more authentic. It's just mm-hmm. more. Uh, it's the choice I made, the choice for me, versus letting someone else choose for me, and I'm just saying yes to that choice. I'm choosing to do what someone else told me to do. So yeah. Yeah. So when you first started to branch outside of your clinical job, did you notice that imposter syndrome creeping in, or not so much? Uh, I, yes, mm-hmm. uh, more so than the rest of, you know, parts of my life, other earlier parts of my life, but I knew that I knew it would happen. So I, I forced myself, I hedged the scenario mm-hmm. because I said, after this time, I'm just, I'm just going to quit. I told them this is my last day. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time my stable income would go away, right? There, there was this uh, self-imposed incentive to mm-hmm. put a light of fire under me. Yeah, and that made me find ways to make it happen. Like, what's what's that? I don't know if it's Parkinson's law or something. Where the um, the if you have a job and if you give someone less time to do it, they'll still mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the same thing. If you give your someone or myself something to do, less time to do it, and I'll find resources. I'll find a way, and hopefully I'll get over myself to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. And that's such good advice, I think, that so often we can be paralyzed by indecision or what-ifs, when if we just decide to decide and just that's it, that's we'll never be wrong with that, I think. Yeah. We, we can always change things up if you need to. But I think so many of us as physicians, we're so used to this critical thinking and knowing all the rights and the wrongs that it can paralyze us a bit, especially if we do have non-clinical interests. So what's the best advice that you give to physicians, especially who are feeling burnt out or kind of stuck in their career? Yeah, this is one of those things where I'm going to try to be general what it can help everyone even yeah. though that's, that's hard it's hard yeah it's yeah it's what is it that you really want so that's step one mm-hmm. and how i like to say that is and then what mm-hmm. so let's say oh i want to retire early okay it's a very common thing to yeah. talk about as physician and then what you retire oh and then i'm going to travel and eat a lot of sushi or that's what i would say eat a lot of sushi yeah. <laughs> okay and, and then what uh um i guess i'll spend time with my family okay let's say you did all that and then what yeah and then you get to the things that that really really matter to you and you realize the job at your situation may just be a means to an end but mm-hmm. if you have your end in mind then it makes everything else grounded in some sort of you know why and the part two would be just what's the next thing to do? Just literally the next thing to do today or mm-hmm. tomorrow. That's going to get you to wherever that you want to be. Because if you think too far ahead, it's just, again, like you said, you're paralyzed. Yeah. 
So have your why, be grounded in it, and just take the next step to get towards that. And that may be just getting help, going on vacation, working harder, mm-hmm. uh, but it has to be grounded in what you want and deciding, hey, I want this. So the next thing I'm going to do is work an extra shift, work one less shift, and that may, that's different for people, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that question, you know, what do you want? And then, and then what is like, can probably blow people's minds. And it probably has for people who you've worked with. Um, because so many of us probably don't even know. And I didn't know what was really like driving me in life. We just, we don't ever ask ourselves that. It's so powerful. The one problem though, is that people, I think physicians in general and more so think they're answering the question but they're actually just putting more of their imposter syndrome into yes. it and mm-hmm. they limit themselves even more. Yep. So that's why working with someone, reading something, having some sort of external, someone ask you and then what? Or, or you can split yourself, right? You can sit in one chair and really sit in the other chair and yeah. ask and then what? Because sometimes we just make ourselves believe the answer yep. to what we want, yeah. Yep. I think that's why I'm such a, I'm, I'm a huge believer in coaching and that's alone, like that question alone and and figuring that out is, is worth it because you don't want to go through your life and realize, you know, 40 years into your career that you were on the wrong path because you never listened to yourself. And I love that you made that realization so early. You said, this is the path that I'm going is this really what I want? And I, I, I love that lesson for so many physicians because my goal, if I, if I could do one thing, it would be to teach like one other physician to create a sustainable career from day one of residency, because I think that's mm. where it needs to start. You know, I never looked beyond be, being an attending, you know, like the, the day after residency graduation, yeah. that's where I was. I was focused <laughs> on that for so long. And then I got there and I was like, well, crap. Now what? I have 40 years of my career. I don't even know. I've never even thought about it one time, you know? And I think that if we can help physicians look beyond that to their whole career, then from the start, they'll really create a fulfilling life outside of medicine and in medicine as well. Exactly. Well, any last minute things that you wanted to mention before we end here today? I would say after listening to this, right? Whoever you are, wherever you are, listening is great. Thinking about it is great. And well, maybe a year later, it'll come back to you. But today, the now, your now, wherever you are, you're listening to this, is what can you think about or do today or feel today to actually take the next step? I love that. That's a great challenge to everyone. That's perfect. That's the perfect way to end. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing what more you have in the future. Yes, thank you. You're welcome.